This morning's scripture reading comes from 1 Samuel, chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. Listen to the words of God. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. My son, Eli, said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. A third time the Lord called, Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling at this, at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. This is the word of God for the people of God. Will you pray with me and for me this morning? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word that is a lamp unto our feet that helps us to grow in our relationship with you to better understand your voice and your calling upon our lives. And Lord, we thank you on this Pentecost Sunday, the day we remember as the birth of your church, the gift of the Holy Spirit given to all who trust in Jesus Christ. We thank you for that spirit working in and through us to build in our relationship with you and to do your good work in this world, I pray the words you've given me today, Lord, would be from you and not from me, and that your Holy Spirit would speak to each of us individually to help us understand your call upon our lives. And we pray all of this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. So there's a Christian writer named Deborah Howe, and uh, she has a three-year-old son named Ian. And they were, you know, part of their bedtime routine, they read the Bible together. She explains stories and and all that. They were reading the story of uh, Samuel, the calling of Samuel, actually our passage today. And Ian, this three-year-old, man, he was in it. He loved this story. And so they'd actually read it a couple times before. And after the story was done, as was her custom, she was asking him about it. And she said, now, Ian, do you ever hear God calling you? Do you ever hear God's voice? And to her surprise, he said, yes. And she's Obviously, she was curious, so she wanted to push a little bit more. She said, okay, well, uh, what does God say to you? And he thought deeply, and he really was thinking hard and took a deep breath. And then with his deepest voice he could muster, he said, Ian, go to bed. <laughs> That's when it hit her. That's why he settles down so quickly when I tell him to go to bed outside of his room, right? You know, it's funny, uh, Melissa and I, my wife Melissa and I, we have this monitor that is connected to the camera in our son Liam's room. He's two years old. And it's so great with modern technology. You don't have to stand outside their door anymore. You can just be sitting wherever you want, 
we'll be in uh, bed and he's up, he's stirring and he's, you know, standing on his bed. He's doing something he's not supposed to. And so we can push this button and we can talk into the monitor and it goes all the way into his room. And so Melissa will say to Liam, Liam, go to bed. That worked one time. Can I tell you from now on, I don't know if it's just a phase he's going through, but he's decided that that is scary little mommy that's living in the camera. And uh, it just makes it all worse. So it's funny. It's funny how kids interpret voices and what they hear. And, and you know, what I want to say to us today, the word that I feel like God is bringing me to, to share with all of us is that we all have a calling upon our lives. Now, I know that uh, the, this idea of a calling is so complex. There's so many different uh, ways that we talk about it. It's individual, individual it's communal. There, there's all sorts of things that are complex about what this means. But what I mean to say is that God's voice is speaking to all of us. Now, maybe not audible, but God uses the people around us. God uses Scripture. God uses the Holy Spirit to kind of speak in our hearts and our minds in such a way to lead us, to, to nudge us, to guide us. And what I want to focus on today, what I believe for Samuel, this calling of the boy Samuel helps us to better understand about God's calling is how God is calling us into relationship with him. That God is calling us into relationship with him. And so I think this story will help us to better understand how we recognize and hear God's voice doing that in our lives. So if you have your Bibles with you, or if it's on your phone, I want to invite you to turn to 1 Samuel chapter 3. We're looking at verses 1 through 10. And uh, as as you kind of turn there, I just want to give you a little bit of background. So as you see in this story, Samuel is a boy. He's probably about 12 years old. And he's kind of a priest in training. And he's uh, learning the ways of, of the Lord. He's learning how to serve the Lord as a priest. And the reason he's there is because his mom, Hannah, who you can read about in chapter 1, she was having difficulty having a child. And so she went and she prayed before God and she said, God, if you would but give me a child, I would dedicate his life to you. Uh, and sure enough, the story goes that that's how it happened. And, and she, as soon as she weaned Samuel, uh, the boy, she gave him to Eli, this, this man named Eli, who is the priest of the nation of Israel. Now back then... What you would have is you had one priest to kind of, or, or a group of people rather, the Levites, the, the priestly sect, uh, they were responsible for making sure two things. One, that you kept God's commands and that they would talk to God and make sure that everything was right with uh, your relationship as a people, as, as individuals. Uh, there was this one group this or, or person that would kind of talk to God. And so Eli was the head priest. He had his, his sons and they were in charge of all of it. And so Samuel was one of the many priests. He was a priest in training and he was learning from Eli because his mom uh, brought him there, dedicated him to the Lord. And so uh, what we're going to talk about and what, what I want to say up front is the calling that God gives Samuel is actually a hard one. The calling that God is giving him is to say, hey, I want you to go to your mentor, your friend, this guy who's training you, Eli. And I want you to tell him that he's out. He's not doing a good job as a priest. He's not doing a good job keeping his sons in line. Things are just going poorly. And so I'm kicking him out and I'm bringing you up. And by the way, could you tell him that for me? So so this 12-year-old boy is, is tasked with that today. And so as we read in the story in uh, verse 1, the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. This is mentor's friend. And in those days... The word of the Lord was rare. 
and there were not many visions. And so what that means is, so there were priests, but occasionally there would be prophets. Now, you might hear the term prophet and think, okay, yeah, that's a future, that's a fortune teller, right? There's somebody who can tell me what's going on in the, in the future. Well, if you think about prophets like Jonah and the whale, he was sent to Nineveh to tell the people, hey, turn from your wicked ways or else God's going to destroy you. The, the reality is, is if they don't do it, it's going to come true, right? Jeremiah, Isaiah, uh, there are all sorts of prophets. And what makes them a prophet is they are the mouthpiece for God. And they say hard things that we need to hear. And so the priests kind of make sure that our relationship is good and the prophets kind of tell us and help us understand, you know, what's right, what's wrong, what God is saying. And so here's why it's important for me to share about the priests and the prophets today. Because imagine this. Imagine that in your most important relationships, you had to go through somebody to communicate. Could you imagine that? Imagine in your most important relationships in your life, you had to go through one person or a small group of people to communicate. And so in your marriage or in your family, you can't ever talk to your family. You can't ever hardly say anything to them, but you're going to go to Pastor Mark and I'll communicate for you. Hey, Pastor Mark, uh, could you just tell my wife I said hi and I love her? And could you tell me, am I doing a good job? Does she love me back? Because, you know, I can't talk to her. Or, hey, tell my kid he did a good job the other day. I can't really say anything and, and I uh, can't hear his voice. But, boy, could you tell him for me? Because that would be great. Can I tell you, that would get pretty tiring for a guy like me. I'm just saying. But here's, the, here's what's important to know about that. Is that if we, it is difficult to have a relationship when we have to go through others to communicate. Would you agree? I mean, could you imagine that? And, and it's very, very tough And so what's true is in our closest relationships, we might go to other people for advice, but we are the primary communicators in our most important relationships. And that's the difference between this story. That's kind of the hope and the grace that we find in this story today. And so as we continue in our scripture, Samuel's been carrying out the priestly duties you see in verse 2 and uh And he's laying down near the tabernacle, which is a fancy way for saying where God's presence was was at, was was resting, was residing in the world. And so this is where God was. Samuel was laying down next to him and Eli was in another room. And all of a sudden, uh, it's nighttime, Samuel's laying down and he hears the Lord call Samuel. So imagine this 12-year-old boy, hears this voice from nowhere, right? He pops up and he says, here I am. And he runs over to Eli and he wakes him up and he says, Eli, Eli, here I am. And Eli says, man, go back to bed. You know what time it is? You know, I, I didn't call you. And so Samuel goes back to, uh, back to bed. And again, the Lord calls Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel pops up. He hears it again and, and he runs into Eli's room and he says, Eli, Eli, here I am. And Eli says, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. And then there's verse 7, and it's actually on the screen. Now Samuel did, will you read this part with me? Did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed. In other words, he didn't know who God was really. So Samuel, this boy, he was participating in worship. He was participating in the work that God was doing for the nation of Israel. But he didn't know who God was. He knew about God, but he didn't know God. Could you imagine in your relationships, in your marriage? Yeah, I know about my wife, but 
You know, I don't really know her very well. Uh, that would not be a very effective relationship. But, but along the way, you used to know about them and you got to know them. And so he was in the process of getting to know who God was, of, of learning more. But he didn't yet know who God was, couldn't hear God's voice. And so when he hears God's voice, a couple things happen. He didn't know to recognize it. But he also probably thought, and many of us in that same situation might believe, why would God be calling somebody like me? Why would God take the time out of God's schedule, God's time, to talk to someone like me? See, my guess is that some of you are here this morning, there's a group of you, uh, you know, throughout that are gathered, and you might feel distant from God. You might not yet know who God is. Now, you're participating in worship. Maybe you're in a small group. Maybe you serve with God in in various ways and you're reading scripture and you're kind of trying to figure out this whole communicating with God thing, but you're still not quite sure about it. Maybe you're somewhere in there or maybe you're uh, either somewhere in the middle or you're on the other end and you look and you're like, Pastor Mark, I got this communicating with God thing figured out. I know who God is. We pray every day. You know, first Thessalonians 517 pray without ceasing. That's me. Like, I do that all day. Can I tell you, can I ask you a question? If that's you, if you're in that group of people, do you remember maybe a person or the people or a pastor or somebody who first helped you understand how to pray? Maybe they modeled it for you or they helped you. Maybe they helped you to read the Bible, told you stories, helped you to understand what God might be saying. Do you remember that person or those people who were walking through with you in your faith and your faith maybe was a little shaky at times, maybe still is, and and you relied on them to help you to get through those moments, to to have the uh, to encourage you to know that your faith was strong, to keep up your faith even even during those times. Do you remember those people? Can I tell you that's a that's a pretty great gift. It's amazing how God works for other people to do that. And can I tell you, if you're in that group, or maybe you're in the other group, or somewhere in between, we need each other. Boy, do we need each other. Because God works through others who know about God to help us to listen and respond to God's call in our life, to understand that relationship piece. I'm going to say that again. The Holy Spirit uses other people who know God to help us to listen and respond to God's call. And so no matter how, where we might be in our faith journey, we always need to be in the practice of hearing God's voice. And to do that, we need to be listening and responding. And I'm not talking about like a passive listening. I'm talking about an active listening. One that we wait patiently for God's voice, but we're also participating in God's work so that we can get to know God better, so that we can go in a deeper relationship. We're listening. But we're also responding and being uh, responding to that voice that we hear when we recognize it. So going back to the story in verses 8 through 10. And the, the third time the Lord called Samuel, Samuel. And then Samuel got up, here I am, Lord, and he runs to Eli. And that's when Eli got it. You know, I, f- I feel like uh, I would have been reading this story over and over and over again if Eli hadn't intervened. Like poor Samuel, who's 12 years old, he probably would have just been going back and forth all night, all night. But it took Eli, not Samuel, to recognize God's voice at work in his life. That was a, that's an essential part of the story. And 
Not only did he recognize it, but then he gave uh, Samuel specific instructions on what to do. He said, I want you to go back. I want you to lay down again. And when you hear that voice calling, I want you specifically to say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went back, laid down. And uh, now this part, this part might freak me out, but it says the Lord came and stood there. So God showed up and he called Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel responded, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And that's when uh, Samuel, uh, God gives Samuel's calling. But, you know, we we have to tune our ears to God's voice, to hear God's voice. It's like the young boy who's with his dad and his dad takes him to the orchestra and uh, they're listening to the symphony that day. And then all of a sudden they're going through and uh, the dad's favorite song comes on and he's like, son. I really want you to listen to the flutes during this time, uh, during the song. And they're just, they sound so beautiful. And the son kind of scratches his head. It's the first time in the symphony at the orchestra. And he looks up at his dad and he said, flutes? What do they sound like? And so for this child, what was true is unless he were to ever hear a flute on its own, it'd be pretty impossible in a symphony, in an orchestra with all these other voices, uh, noises rather, uh, instruments playing, all, all these other parts going on it would be very difficult to distinguish that voice. And it's true for us, man. We're all children of God, and and we need to take a moment in quiet to really zone in and focus on God's voice so that when we're out there in the symphony and the orchestra and the sounds of life, and we're able to distinguish God's voice apart from that. And uh, I'll say this practically. You know, I know that we encourage everybody to have their own private prayer time, devotional time. And if you have that, that's, that's amazing. And I'd invite you to take a step further if you're already doing this great. But if you're not, I would invite you to make sure that you're taking time to listen to God, to really be quiet and in tuned. And, and again, not to expect God to maybe, you know, audibly shout through or, or to hear this booming voice, but that you would begin to understand and be in the rhythm of God speaking, of how God speaks in our lives, through our heart, through our mind, through others. And so to take that quiet time to be prepared and, and maybe you're like me sometimes, and when you're praying and you've got something to tell God about, I mean, you're just grasping those hands and you're praying hard. Maybe you've got your list written down. God, can you, can you do this? Can you help me with that? Lord, you're great, but I really need your help. I just want to invite you at some point in your prayer time to maybe unclasp your hands, to open them up, face up to God as in a posture, in a rhythm of, of speaking to God. And, and maybe wherever you might be, place them on your lap or wherever, in a posture of receiving of listening, and, and to try to quiet your mind, to take the plans out of the day, and to be in a place where you're fully quiet, where you're listening, right? And that through that, you might say something like, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening, and, and to really be ready for that. So that's a practical, helpful piece. But you know, it's, it's funny how when we're in that posture, when we're in that rhythm, how we need to, uh, how that there's an image or an illustration, I think, that's helpful for what that looks like. Because it's kind of hard to quiet our minds. Would you agree? And so it's like when I go to sleep at night, I, my mind is racing a thousand miles a minute. And so I, I'm like trying to stay off my phone. I'm trying to do all these things before I go to bed so I can actually fall asleep. Now, when you think about it, you don't actually choose to fall asleep, right? I mean, I can't, like right here, if I said, okay, I'm going to go to sleep now, you know, I'm not just going to fall over and fall asleep. I have to begin to be in a posture, in a rhythm. So when I go to bed, I, I lay down on my bed. I, I, you know, turn on my left side. Actually, I turn off the lights except for my nightlight. 
Just pause for a second. Let that, let that set in. Uh, and, and what I find myself doing is I'm mimicking the breathing and kind of uh, what I do while I'm sleeping. I try to imitate the sleeper so that I can be ready to sleep. And now when it's time to finally fall asleep, when it's time to you know, go off, it's not a decision that I can consciously make. It's an attitude, it's a rhythm, it's a posture that I've prepared for. And so when that moment comes, when I've finally succeeded in falling asleep, it's not a decision I made. It's something that happens to me. It's a gift to be received, not merely a decision to be made. And yet, it's a gift that requires a posture of reception, a kind of active welcome, an active listening. We need to actively listen. Dave Russell, a longtime member and mentor of uh, many uh, here at Ebenezer, uh, he used to pray this prayer every morning. God, what are we going to do today? And then he would actively listen and wait and then go out and respond. And, you know, it's very close, I think, to what Samuel was saying to God. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And as we pray this prayer, we listen. We need to be ready to respond, to do what we feel like God might be calling us to do. And just as Samuel ran to Eli, man, we need people around us to help us to make sure God is speaking and, and leading us. Because here's what I'm convinced of. I'm convinced that through the power of the Holy Spirit, man, God speaks through uh, the church, through other people who have the, whole, the gift of the Holy Spirit within them. And so think about this. When you're trying to, as Pastor Mark talked about the sermon last week, when you're trying to make decisions, when you're trying to figure things out and really tune into God's voice, I think God says through other people words of affirmation, words of caution. God speaks through others to help us realize where our blind spots are, to help guide and direct us. So it's not just an individual thing. It's a community of people. So Dietrich Bonhoeffer talks about this. He's a uh, German theologian who was martyred for his faith in World War II. And he writes about it in his book, Life Together. This is what he says. Christians need to hear other Christians speak God's word to them. They need them again and again when they become uncertain and disheartened. Because living by their own resources, they cannot help themselves without cheating themselves out of the truth. They need other Christians as bearers and proclaimers of the divine word of salvation. They need them solely for the sake of Jesus Christ. God gave us the church so that we could be with others as we actively respond in our faith. And that it might be clear for us that that as we listen, we could also respond and that we could do that together. And so we need to be able to listen and to respond. Now, as the story continues for Samuel, he, like I said earlier, he hears that hard word from God that he's supposed to go and talk to Eli. Eli helps him to really push him to follow through with God's call. And then you'll see in verse 19 later on in the story, after he does all this, and this is, I think, really important to the story, the Lord was with Samuel as he grew up. In other words, the Lord gave him this call but never left him. God was with him through it. He said, you're going to go do these things, but I'm going to be with you through it. My spirit is going to be with you. You know, what's hard about back then, it was just that one person or small group of people that had to speak or uh, intercede for our behalf to God. You know, today is the 50th day uh, after Easter, which means it's Pentecost. And that's the day that we celebrate the birth of the church because that's a day when, man, it was no longer about just one person. Man, it's the spirit 
descending upon the apostles and that we have that gift to communicate and connect with God, to build that relationship, to hear God's voice in a real way where before it just wasn't possible. And that's all because of Jesus Christ, who through his death, his resurrection, and his ascension was able to send us the gift of the Holy Spirit to, to comfort us, to speak God's truth in our lives, to warn us, to do everything that a prophet, a priest, and even a king might do so that we can know our God in heaven better and be able to, to hear his voice calling in our lives. Here's what uh, Jesus said in, about the Holy Spirit in John uh, chapter 14, verse 17. And actually the words are on the screen. This is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him. And I want you to read this with me. You know him because he abides with you and he will be in you. And I want you to hear that for you today. You know him because he abides with you. No matter where you might be on your journey today, can I tell you that as we continue in our faith, as we practice and we're a part of what God is doing, we get to know God and understand that we are known by him. But I want you to pay close attention to that first part of the verse. There are people out there who don't know the spirit at work in their lives. There are people who are asking, man, is God at work in the church? Does God even exist? Does God even care about me anymore? And can I tell you that if unless we are uh, actively seeking, recognizing God's voice in our life, surrounded by a community to help us to do that, to listen and to respond, it's going to be really hard for us to be able to communicate that because here's the reality of our context. The reality is, is those folks out there won't come here to learn about God, most likely. They're going to meet you out there first. They're going to have a conversation. It's going to be an interruption in your day. And can I tell you the best way to be ready for those interruptions and those moments is to take that quiet time and to listen to God and say, God, what are we doing today? Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And when you pray that prayer to actively be ready, listening, God, throughout the day, what are you speaking? Speak, Lord, what are we doing, Lord? And then when those moments of interruptions come, when you're sitting there at lunch and somebody comes to your table and says, hey, I was really curious, why were you praying before your food? Do you really believe in God? Or when somebody's going through a difficult moment and you're able to walk with them and talk about your faith and it's an interrupting moment, you have better stuff to do, you think. You're able to realize, no, wait, this is where I'm supposed to be. I need to respond here. I need to respond now. Friends, the Holy Spirit use people, uses people who know God so that we can speak to others, so that they can listen and respond to God's call in their lives. That's our purpose. That's our mission. That's a part of our calling. May we be ready to do that as God's people today and every day.